0: and hallelujah praise the lord well as was mentioned in the announcements last sunday pastor started a new series on kingdom culture and since he was going to be gone this past week he you know he said to me why don't you do sunday morning well as soon as uh, i started thinking about it and i think actually he mentioned it to me he's like well you know one thing that's in the Kingdom." What's in the kingdom? One thing that's in the kingdom is joy. So we're going to be talking about joy in the kingdom. Now, if you think about it, particularly back in olden days, in biblical times, kingdoms exhibited the characteristic of their king. If the king was cruel and mean and stingy and oppressive... The people were deprived and they were were fearful and they were oppressed. But if the king was kind and benevolent and generous, well, then the people in the kingdom were well cared for and they were treated fairly and they lived in peace and they honored their king. Well, I have a question for you. Whose kingdom are you in? And who is our king. And what are the characteristics of our kingdom? Our king is good. Our king is generous. Our king is merciful. Our king is good and faithful. Amen. Well, there's also a description about the kingdom that we are in. And it's found over in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Of course, this isn't all the characteristics, but it's what we're going to center in on today. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Read this part with me. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in The Holy Ghost. So the kingdom that we are in as believers, it's not a natural kingdom. And it's not located in one specific country. It's not an American kingdom. There's people in the kingdom of God all over this globe. What is required to get into this kingdom? Well, confessing Jesus as Lord. How many in here today have received Jesus into your heart? You've confessed him as your Lord and as your king. Wave your hand at me so I know if I need to give an altar call for those that haven't. Everybody in here? In the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And then this particular verse, it emphasizes righteousness. How many of you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Peace. How many of you are thankful that Jesus is our prince of peace? Peace. We are living in turbulent times. But thank God we have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. But today we are going to emphasize that there is joy in the kingdom. Hallelujah. This joy that we have is supernatural. And I like how it says joy is... In the Holy Ghost. And I did it out of the King James because I like Holy Ghost. We're not talking about something weird crazy thing. No, we're talking about the third person of the Godhead triune, the Holy Ghost. You can call Him Holy Spirit if you want. It's one and the same. But when we get born again, He comes to abide on the inside of us just like Jesus does. But there's also another experience subsequent to being born again and that is to get filled with the Holy Ghost And fire, fire, fire. Woo! Thank God for the Holy Ghost and fire. And I love this. When I read this scripture years ago, I went, that's it. That's why I'm happy. How many in here are happy today? How many in here are full of joy, joy, joy? Well, this is the this is the reason. Acts 13 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Staying full of the Holy Ghost definitely impacts your joy level. And did you notice this? Joy and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost go together. You cannot get a sad Holy Ghost. If somebody comes up to me and says, I just got filled with the Holy Ghost, but you know, I just feel terrible. I'm so sad. I'm just crying all the time. Well, then I'm like, "Uh, You didn't get the same Holy Ghost I got. He hath made me glad. Hallelujah. Woo! He hath made me glad. There is no sad. Holy Ghost. You know, most of you in here know that it was a little over eight weeks ago that I went through major surgery. And I just want to once again praise the Lord for my quick, speedy recovery. You know, according to some of the things they were telling me that could be lasting effects, I don't know if I would have been preaching today, but I'm preaching. And my voice is strong. And I am convinced that praying in the Holy Ghost and keeping the joy of the Lord stirred up on the inside of me was a great factor in my recovery. As a matter of fact, when I woke up and I was in my room and Pastor Mark, of course, was in there waiting for me, I remember waking up, feeling no pain. Of course, I was was drugged to the hilt, I'm sure. And I've never taken any drugs, never even been drunk. So I was kind of definitely loopy. And I, it was kind of funny. I even said to pastor Mark, he took a picture of it. He's like, seriously, I, I was laying in bed laughing after surgery. Who does that? And I raised my hand. I said, who wants more drugs that you can't pronounce? I was just happy in these, you know, but not just on drugs, but happy in Jesus. And then I started telling him, trying to explain to him that when I was in the surgery room, they had this really thin, thin blanket and it had a little two, an opening and they put a hose in there and they started filling it up with hot air. So, I mean, it felt really good. But I said to pastor, I'm trying to explain it to him. And I said, it was light. And it was full of hot air. Then I started laughing and I said, kind of like some people's sermons. Light and full of hot air. Where did that come from? (laughs) But all I'm saying is (laughs) joy. Joy even in the midst of a bad situation. Hallelujah. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in our kingdom hallelujah now i have a question for you today how is your joy level if i had this little gauge and i was to go around and i came over and i put it on your forehead ray would it say e half or would it say full Woo, of joy amen well we know that this joy that jesus gives us It is not temporary, but we also know that things happen in life that cause that joy to leak. And so it's our responsibility to keep the joy of the Lord stirred up on the inside of us. I think on a regular basis that we should pray this prayer that the psalmist David prayed over in Psalms 51 verse 12. He said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. I like this one again in the King James because it says uphold me with thy free spirit. So where was that joy when you got born again? Well, it comes on the inside of us. Jesus is the joy of our salvation. But we do have to have that those times where it is stirred up. And the psalmist David said, uphold me with thy spirit free spirit. When we get born again, we're free. How many of you are free in here? Free from sin. Free from bondage. Free from oppression. Free from disease. Free from poverty. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Any free people in here? Wave your hand. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank God for his joy. His joy is unspeakable and it is full of glory. This joy that we have is a spiritual force and it produces strength. Now I know I'm as guilty as most people. I often quote Nehemiah. 8:10. But before we read that, I want to give you a little bit of background to this passage. So Nehemiah had been commissioned. He went to the king and he commissioned him to go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. We know not everybody was happy about it. There was, it was quite a task. Sambalot and Sambalot or whatever you say it and all of his, some of his cohorts, they were... Constantly harassing him while he was on this task to rebuild the wall. But the wall was completed. And there were some Jewish refugees that were living in Jerusalem. And they gave them the instruction together in this open square. And he called Ezra the priest to read from the word of God. So that's what had been happening, the background to this scripture. So let's read Nehemiah 8, 9, and 10 out of the New King James. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So the people were weeping, they had been in captivity. Jerusalem was laid in ruins, and they had not heard the word of the God, Word of God read. So you know, they were almost mournful about what they had been through, the past that they had been through. So then it goes on here in verse 10, and it says, "Then he said to them, "Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet." Send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow for the, say it with me, joy of the Lord is your strength. So he was literally saying, this is a new day. Stop grieving over the past. Today, God is giving you... It even says understanding of His Word. It's time to eat and drink and celebrate in the Lord your God... For he has given you a fresh start. This is a holy day. We're back here in Jerusalem where we're supposed to be. He's saying he's restoring your joy. And last night as I was praying, it just kept coming up in my heart. I believe there's some people either in here listening online or both that you've been grieving, you've been living in remorse and regret over your past. Holy ghost, just come bring that up to me as I saw it in my spirit last night, living in regret and remorse over your past. But the spirit of God is saying, don't live there anymore. It will lead to depression and it will drain you and zap you of your joy and you must there's places that I want to take you your journey your journey, your ministry is not over don't buy the lies of the devil you are not defined by your past failures and past mistakes (laughs) it's a brand new day says the spirit of the Lord. It's time to do what the prophet told them to do. Eat and drink. Hallelujah. Eat the word of the Lord. Drink in of the spirit of the living God for you need strength for the places I'm going to take you. Hallelujah. Woo! Your future is bright. Glory to God. Does anybody receive that today? Oh, hallelujah. You cannot run your race looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You cannot run your race looking backwards. If you do, you're going to trip yourself up and everybody else around you. Oh, no, 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 no. Ha, ha, ki Sombreta, Woo, the best. Yet to come. And I don't care how old you are or what you've done. It's under the blood of Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. We're going to all need strength to do the work that he has called us to do. And to operate in that strength, we're going to have to keep that joy stirred up. On the inside of us. Now that same passage, Nehemiah 8.10, and we don't have this translation, so just listen. It's the basic English Bible. And it says this, let there be no grief in your hearts. Settle down on that. Let there be no grief in your hearts. People grieve over various things. Of course we grieve when a lost loved one, I mean when a loved one that knows Jesus even, goes to be with heaven, to heaven. We grieve sometimes over, you know, dreams that haven't come to pass. You know, when someone goes to heaven, there's a period where you sense that loss and there's going to be that, that grief, that period of grief, but don't let it get a stronghold in your life where it just incapacitates you and you're not able to function. Grieve not in your hearts for the joy of the Lord. I love this is your strong place strong place. Now, people talk about their happy place. Your happy place, maybe it's Disneyland. It's certainly not mine. We've been there many times and people say, a happiest place on earth. Are you kidding me? Millions of people standing in line? No. But if it's yours, go ahead, have a wonderful time. But your happy place could be the ocean. And the beach. I like that. How many like that? It could be the mountains. It could be a river. It could be a pond. It could be the mall. Hallelujah. That could be (laughs) your happy place. We all need these places where we go and we're refreshed. And we're refueled emotionally and even physically oftentimes. But every single one of us as believers, we have the same strong place. There's a strong place where we all receive from him. And it's called the presence of the Lord. Psalm 1611. Again, out of the New King James, it says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence, read this with me, is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You never hang out in his presence and come out feeling weak. His presence is our strong place. He infuses us. With himself, with his strength. Even in the natural, when you hang out with a person, spend a lot of time with them, you can start acting like them, start talking like them, just because you've spent a lot of time in their presence. Now, I am happy to report that Pastor Mark, you know, we've been married 46 years. And we spent a lot of time together. And I was thinking about this yesterday. Because we spend so much time together, I'm happy to report he can even talk a little bit oaky now. He understands the oaky lingo because he spent a lot of time with me and my family. So whoever you hang out with, you can even start talking like them. Hallelujah. We as believers, when we spend a lot of time, In the presence of the Lord, we can experience the very atmosphere of heaven. We don't have to live and have hell every day of our life. No, we can have days of heaven upon the earth, regardless of what's going on around us. C.S. Lewis said this, joy is the serious business of heaven. I love that. Joy is the serious business of heaven. There's never been a prayer prayed. There's never been a request made that was so big and the situation was so bad that it caused a cloud of depression over the throne room. What are we going to do? Jesus is saying to the Father, the Holy Ghost is like, ah, I don't think I can take care of this one. No, joy is the serious business of heaven. It's the very atmosphere of heaven. And while we are rejoicing down here on earth, he's working, he's working. He's working. He's taking care of that serious situation in our lives. Hallelujah. Listen to this wonderful definition of joy. There's many, but I like this one. The inner passion excited by the expectation of good. The inner passion excited by the expectation of good. Anybody expecting God to do something good? Anybody got this inner fire, this inner passion on the inside of you is saying, whoo hoo hoo God's working, God's moving. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know the who. Whoo-hoo-hoo. And he's working, he's working, he's working, and I'm expecting good. Hallelujah. Glory to God! Now, Mark Hankins is a master on teaching on on joy. He said this: Your celebration is your demonstra- is a demonstration of your expectation and your revelation. Your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation and your revelation. So we have expectancy knowing our God is good, knowing that His Word always comes to pass. But we also need revelation. We can rejoice. Hallelujah. Knowing that the Word of God is true. And what? It's not just one time rejoicing. The Apostle Paul who wrote the epistles, he wrote the book of Philippians. And in those four short. chapters. The word joy or rejoice are used 16 times. And he did not write the book of Ephesians from a wonderful beach somewhere. No. He wrote it from a dungeon. He wrote it from a prison. And yet he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say Rejoice You know what? You can't rejoice until you joist. And the first time, the way that you joist is receiving Jesus, the joy of your salvation. But once we receive him, there's got to be multiple times of rejoicing. You put re in front of a word and it means do it again. I'm not going to ask if anybody in here had to repeat the first or second grade, maybe kindergarten, that would be horrible, but maybe somebody had to repeat kindergarten. What does that mean? Do it again. Well, we got to keep doing it again. Keep rejoicing in the Lord our God. Now, we know that the enemy comes to steal our joy. Anybody figured that out? And one of the main ways that he will attack your joy... As in your thought life. Bring these negative thoughts. Bring these negative pictures. And you can just start to feel your joy level going down. But when you've got joy in your heart, it can affect even your thought life, your mind. I had revelation on this passage. And maybe you all already know it. But it spoke to me. Isaiah 35.10 out of the New King James. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. This is a part that spoke to me. With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This exact scripture is repeated over and over in the book of Isaiah. Everlasting joy. So what's everlasting mean? <laughs> Lasting, enduring, continuing, indefinitely, eternal. God's promises, this joy, never come to an end. There's always more than enough. Hallelujah. But that phrase, everlasting joy, on your heads. It's like it jumped off the pages to me. And to me it was saying, you know these thoughts are going to come, but thoughts don't have to get a stronghold in your thinking. We just read in Nehemiah 8.10, in that one translation, that joy is your strong place. You can make the decision when thoughts of the enemy bombard your mind not to receive them. The Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us what we're supposed to do with thoughts that do not line up with the word of God. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when these thoughts come that are not in line with joy, not in line with peace, you have your own list. You know what they would be. Poor old me. You know, nobody likes you. Everybody hates you. There's just my soul. You ought to be sad. You're so broke and busted and disgusted. Oh, you're so weak. You're so sick. All these thoughts. If you sit and meditate on them, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get depressed. But on the other hand, if you choose to act on the Word of God, the joy of the Lord on your head, everlasting joy on your head. I think for some, some of us, when these thoughts are bombarding you, it would not be a bad idea. If, you just, if they're just coming and you can't shake them, just go and get the Bible. All right. I got, I'm not going to try to balance it. I've got everlasting joy on my head. Woo! The joy of the Lord's down here in my heart and it's welling up and affecting my head and my thoughts. Amen. Recently, I had a a dear friend tell me a story that this, this is just awesome. So something happened. Of course, on a Saturday before Sunday, that's how things usually happen. And uh, there was an opportunity for great disappointment. She went to bed that night. Disappointment was trying to hover over her. And so she was laying there thinking about it, thinking about tomorrow, you know, as church. And she made a decision. We can make a decision to rejoice or to succumb to depression and despair. So she said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up extra early on Sunday morning. I'm going to go to my church and I'm going to find people to minister to. And she did just that. And as she was ministering to other people, guess what? Begin to well up on the inside of her. Joy. Joy 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 if you want to be miserable for the rest of your life just think about you think about me myself and i oh i want somebody to do this for me i have this need i need people to help me get up every morning with just you on your mind and you'll be miserable anybody in here want to be miserable for the rest of their lives no but do what my friend did. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! She said, I'm going to minister to somebody else. And as we get our ourself off of our mind and reach out and say, I might not be feeling very joyful right now, but I'm going to be a conduit of the love of God, of the joy of the Lord to somebody else. What we give away comes back to us. Hallelujah! There is such a vast difference between happiness yes. and joy. That's right. Listen to this. I found this somewhere. Actually, I heard my sister share this. That the word happiness, which we know, comes from the root word hap, from which we also get happenstance. Happenstance. So what is it saying? It means that. Um, It means it's being controlled by circumstances, whether you're happy or not. Happiness and happenstance. Well, you know, happy is a good thing, but happy is contingent in most people's lives on what is going on around them. If their checkbook, their bank account is full, I'm happy today. But then all these bills come out, and all of a sudden you got zero in the balance. Oh man! Happiness, happenstance, depends upon what happens to us. But joy, joy, as we've already said, is a spiritual force, and it's not dependent on feelings or circumstances. Listen to this statement. Joy is not based on your condition, but on your position. Joy is not based on your condition, what's going on around you, but on your position. I ask already, how many of you are born again? Then that means you're seated together with him. In heavenly places. And that position is far above. Everybody say far above. Far above. above. Principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this age. Glory be to God. That's where we're seated. That's who we are in him. Thank you, Jesus. And we, as believers, we need to represent our kingdom well. You and I are ambassadors. Ambassadors of the kingdom that we are a part of. The word ambassador literally means this. Diplomatic minister of the highest order. 2 Corinthians 5.20 out of the Passion says, We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. As though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. Our lives are the only Bible some people will ever read. How about we give them a good read? How about we give them a joyful read? When they see us, they're like, "Woo! I don't know what you're on, but I want some. I want whatever you're taking. Sometimes if you're really happy or really joyful, people assume you're drunk or on some sort of, of a drug. No, it's Jesus. Jesus. We want him to shine, shine, shine. Through us, we want to be ambassadors for our King of kings and our Lord of lords. We already said this, but I want to repeat it right now. The body of Christ, there's places that we need to go. There is so much that needs to happen. Things need to change. In our world. Things need to change in our nation. And it's not going to happen if we're acting just like the world. We're in the world, but we are not of the world. God wants to bring us out so that He can show us off. Hallelujah. That we are trophies of His grace and of His goodness. Remember, over in Psalms 105, it talks about when the children of Israel left Egypt. Are you all still here? I don't think I've been going that long. Stay awake. Stay awake. Psalms 105, verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver... And with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. This is miraculous. These millions of people had been slaves, they've been overworked, they've been beaten, they probably were mal- malnutritioned. But I'm sure there was sickness and disease in the midst of them. But this says when God brought them out of slavery, when God brought them out, when he delivered them, there wasn't one feeble person. In their tribes, among them. And I submit to you the reason that they were strengthened for their journey is found in verse 43. He brought out his people with joy, his chosen. Once with gladness. So here they are leaving Egypt, leaving the land of bondage and they're thinking about, whoo, we're going to the promised land. They started rejoicing. They started singing. They started shouting and the joy of the Lord got in their feet. It got in their legs. It got in their mouth. Woo! they started worshiping God and the more they worshiped him, the stronger they got. The Joy brought them straight to get up and to get out of that place of bondage. And I believe that is happening in this place today. Amen. Now, when I was praying over this service the other day, Pastor was still up in, in Boise, and you know, I love him, but it was actually kind of nice. I was blessed, I was running around my living room. No, I'm so happy he's home, but. There are times if you want to just run around your house and play music real loud, you know, and you don't have to think about someone else. It was just one day, only one day that I had that thought, just one day. But I was just rejoicing. Lord was giving me this message, ran up and down the stairs, ran around the family room, went back upstairs. And I saw this in my spirit. I'm not talking about Jesus appeared on my stairs or anything, but... I saw it in my spirit that today we needed to have an anointing with oil service. In the scripture that came to me, Psalms 92.10, in the King James, it says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. In the Passion, it says this. I want you to grab hold of this. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. Word empowered is like a buzzword right now. But he's saying, Lord God, you're the one. Who has empowered my life by pouring fresh oil over me. The Bible refers to the anointing as the oil of joy. The anointing. The anointing is tangible in this place right now. I want everyone to stand. Now, you keep me so bright. Now, I realize some of you may say, no, you know, I don't want to come to the front. I don't want hands laid on me. That's fine. But there are those, and I trust it's going to be the majority. I know it's 11 23. That's early. We're early, okay? How many of you are willing to stay? And let God do what he wants to do. The oil of joy, the anointing with fresh oil is going to empower all of us today. If I were to ask for a show of hands, if anybody's been tempted to be weary, I'm sure a lot of people would raise their hand. But whether you've been tempted to be weary, whether you've had... There was anointing on this thing about thoughts. These thoughts that constantly bombard you and try to sap you of your strength and your joy. You can respond today. You can take hold of what you need. Even if you're experiencing weakness and sickness in your body. The anointing. What does the anointing do? It destroys... The yoke.